Hello and welcome to the Persephone program for August 20th, 2020. Um, on this uh, episode, I guess you can call it, I am going to talk about Virgo season. This is going to be all about Virgo season and the sign of Virgo. So hopefully it'll be um, instructional for you and positive. I'm going to read a little bit from my book, which I am progressing very quickly on right now. My focus during Virgo season is to get it done. And so um, my goal is to have it available for you to read by mid-October. Um, October 20th, 21st um, is kind of like my goal. So it'll be ready then. So that's, I'm putting it out there. So hopefully it'll happen for you. So let's get into the astrology of Virgo season, which officially begins um, this Saturday, the 22nd at um, 8.45 a.m. Pacific time, 11.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in another time zone, you can figure it out from there. Um, so Mercury just uh, ingressed into Virgo yesterday. And we have today a lovely moon in Virgo following our August 18th late degree new moon in Leo. So Virgo season is the beginning of some of the tougher part of this year. And I know you probably don't want to hear that because we've all been through so much, but it is kind of ushering in the time period of the Mars retrograde and the Mars retrograde specifically um, is going to hit up um, friction by square aspect, which is an aspect of friction. Remember, all of the planets have relational um, aspects between themselves. So it isn't just about the archetypal energy, which is the planet in expressing itself through the sign, it's also about the relationship between the planets. It's like um, the gods are fighting. So the god of, you know, Aries as a god, as an archetypal energy, is fighting with Saturn and Pluto and even Jupiter. So we have a lot of authority figures as represented by Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter against kind of the youth, the young energy, and the martial energy of um, Mars, something astrologers have been talking about for a long time. So as astrologers have also been looking at 2020 and the Jupiter um, and Saturn Pluto stellium in Capricorn, they've also been looking at this time period where um, the sun and, um, air and uh, Mars really kind of like push up against this um, by protest, you know, protest and possibly by strife against this energy. Um, Mars and Aries all often, and you know, you may in your memory remember that, you know, astrology used to be used for weather predictions. And so Mars and Aries has always been associated with um, fires, with excessive heat, and also sometimes quite often with earthquakes. So um, you know, storms, uh, also potentially tropical storms and hurricanes are also indicated here. So this time period, and especially the time period between essentially now and November is going to be very tumultuous out in the world. So please 
heed these ancient warnings and be as safe as possible. If you're living in a fire area, do everything that you can to make sure that your home and your belongings and your body and your pets and your family are safe. Um, and you know I'm sending you all of that. Uh, if you want to know more about Mars specifically, please do listen to my podcast on it, um, which is a couple podcasts before that. So good news here is that um, is that this Virgo season, especially in the, the first part of it, has some benefit. There's something to look forward to. We have a beautiful um, grand Earth trine with Jupiter in Capricorn and Uranus in Taurus, which will include the sun later in the month. Um, but we do have Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn in Capricorn basically squaring Mars for most of the month of August. And um, specifically on August 24th, which is this Monday, Mars will square Saturn. So that is a, that is a big sort of feeling of frustration, um, specifically around getting your needs met, that martial energy. Just be aware of that, okay? Just be safe. I'm actually going to be traveling, driving, so we're going to be like extra safe on that day. Do everything that you can to make sure that you don't fly off the handle um, if you come up against the immutable force either of life, things that you cannot change, use the serenity prayer. God, goddess, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference, okay? Following that though, on the 26th, we have Venus in aspect to Jupiter. It might be um, opposing, but it's still, anytime, anytime Venus and Jupiter are together, regardless of a square or an opposition, it's actually really lovely. It's intense, it's kind of sexy, um, and it's a, it's a good time to have a good time if you can, okay? So, um, you know, try and, try and do that. On the 26th, the 30th, we have Venus opposite Pluto. So again, like Venus is our social planet. So with Venus conjunct Jupiter, you might be having a good time with Venus opposing Pluto. God, you know, it's intense. So um, be careful, okay? Be careful with intense experiences. But it could be a wonderful time for you to sort of dive into doing some really careful shadow work or to get, you know, super deep with yourself and or a partner. Um, not bad. So um, September 2nd, we have a full moon in Pisces. And that, that full moon I'm going to write about, but it is conjunct Neptune and Venus opposes Pluto. So again, it's like this really kind of also intense, sexy, kind of dreamy energy. Um, a little murky though. So we're not really knowing what's going on. Again, hold your awareness. Don't overreact to this. Mercury will move to Libra on the 6th, which will be opposing Mars um, throughout its time. And it will, and Venus will move to Leo on the 7th. So we have like a lot of energy, a lot of movement the first week. Finally, September 9th, Mars will actually turn, you know, will be retrograde and it will be retrograde until November 13th. And that is that Mars retrograde is what we've been talking about. Although we've been in the shadow, we're going to have a lot of intense aspects between Mars, um, 
you know, again, beginning kind of this Monday. So look for something out in the macro on that too. But we'll have a lot of um, squares to Saturn and Pluto uh, in October. Um, finally, right before the Libra season and the autumnal ingress, um, Mercury will square Pluto. And so um, that's going to be kind of tough. I'm love more on that. But what I want to mention is that the first, you know, 10 days or something, um, the first nine days of um, Virgo season in August is a good time, if you can safely, to get away, to have a little bit of fun. Even the first week of uh, September, um, before the Mars retrograde, try and enjoy yourself um, and get things done because the Mars retrograde will be a lot about kind of having your hands tied a bit, okay? So um, many people have talked about the energy of Mars being inhibited by its retrograde and especially Mars in Aries, which does not like it. Like Mars expresses itself very well in Aries. You know, people that have Mars in Aries natally are people that can channel their energy into, you know, perhaps sports or physical fitness. Um, it's a it's a strongly placed Mars. It's very positive in many ways. But when it's, you know, up by aspect against this gigantic, you know, stellium in Capricorn representing authoritative structures and the structures in our life, whether it's, you know, our boss or our government or what have you, um, and we have a retrograde Mars, we're going to be really frustrated and we are not in the power position. Okay. So if you have planets in Mars, I mean, if you have planets in Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, um, these planets are going to be aspected by this Mars retrograde, especially in mid to late degree. And you're going to just, you're going to feel frustrated there. Just understand it and try not to react because this is a passing influence. It's the same thing with the fires. It's the same thing. It's, a, it's the same thing, honestly, with this shithead authoritative government too. This is a passing thing. Um, so try and keep the faith throughout. Okay. Now I want to talk about the archetypal energy of Virgo. Okay. Virgo's, and I'm going to read a little bit from um, my book Capricorn Rising, which will be out, as I mentioned, in October. Would love for you to comment on this and let me know what you think so that I could, you know, I have time to fix it. <laughs> Remember, I have Mercury and Sagittarius, so I need all the uh, pointing out, you know, positive criticism I can get. So the archetype of Virgo is at play in the macro right now. Where you have Virgo, the sun is transiting there and it is shining a light. The sun shines a light on this area of life. So if you know your astrology, you know your astrological chart, where is the sun transiting right now? And we also have Mercury here too, placed in one of the two signs it rules, which is Virgo. So transiting Mercury quite it's always fairly close to the sun within, um, you know, usually 60 degrees of it, but it's uh, close together with the sun right now. And it is shining a light on this area of your life. So look to your chart. Where's your Virgo? Now I want to read to you a little bit um, from my chapter on Virgo. Virgo's keyword is I discriminate. 
My independent father's astrology has Sun, Mercury, Mars, and Neptune close together in the earthy, mutable sign of Virgo. I've often found that Virgo's archetypal energy presents itself as discriminatory containment. Maybe this is the association to the Virgin, its symbol, pure unto oneself. There's also an association with the tarot card, the Hermit, connected with both celibacy and independence. Dad's chart also happened to include seven planets in earth signs and three in fire. There's a marked deficit of water and air elements in his astrology, and my mother instructed that this illustrated his lack of empathy and objectivity, as well as his disinterest in others' opinions and feelings. Mom emphasized he just didn't have it in his nature. In fact, both my parents have very similar stelliums, which are groupings of four planets or more, in Virgo in their natal charts. Mom herself had Sun, Mercury, Mars, Neptune, and the north of the node, the north node of the moon there. Fortunately, though, she, unlike my father, had a better balance of elemental strength in her makeup. Centered around the time of harvest in the northern hemisphere, Virgo's symbol is a young woman, often a maiden virgin holding a shaft of wheat. The sign has ever been associated with grains and the discriminatory focus necessary in the processes of harvest, food preparation, health and wellness, service and crafts. There's an association with all the world's quote-unquote virgin goddesses, this aspect of the divine feminine that gives birth to itself, an archetype that may not be sexually pure, but that needs no opposing or complementary nature to complete its creative process. Their element is the earth, and it is a mutable adapting sign, and like all earth signs, is of feminine, receptive quality. The hermit is their tarot card. I've noticed, especially in Virgo men, a marked ability to take care of their personal domestic needs. In fact, all Virgos seem to have a knack for general management of a household and know how to cook, to sew, to generally take care of the day-to-day chores. Of course, whether they do it or not is another story. The fact is that they can and don't need you to do it for them. Many Virgos are deeply interested in some form of health or service, and all are Mercury-ruled. So like Gemini, you'll see some kind of interest and ability in communication and processes. Virgos are all extremely good at what they do and most interested in craftsmanship. That is the art of perfecting something, making it both useful and beautiful. I was born during the rare conjunction of Uranus-Pluto in Virgo. The orbits of these slow-moving outer planets meeting happens anywhere from 111 to 143 years. This special connection historically has ushered in huge generational change and revolution in the archetype represented within the sign it connects in. With Pluto in Virgo from 1956 to 1971, we saw tremendous new developments from massive new technologies to civil rights, environmental, cultural, and societal concerns were simultaneously rebirthed and revolutionized. Of course, these transits hit my parents' charts like the massive forces they are, creating change, revolution, and rebirthing their lives as they participated in the cultural experience of the 60s. My father, Stuart, grew up moving around 
from Maryland to California, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and back to California again, his father traveled with AMP, an early electronics company. By the time his family settled in Silicon Valley in the late 50s, he was a journalist major in college. He continued writing for the Navy newspaper when he joined the service in the early 60s and was stationed in Hawaii. He met my mother in college and proposed via letter and phone from his base. My mother told me that he had efficiently made a list of the attributes needed for the job of his wife, looking for purity of character, intelligence, etc. Mother came out on top of the several girls he was dating, so she got the proposal. They wed at Pearl Harbor in Honolulu in June of 1964 and settled into their first home, a sailboat moored near Dad's Navy base. In 1965, my father was discharged and my parents sailed as crew on a 40-foot sailboat from the Hawaiian Islands to the San Francisco Bay Area. Dad later became partners in Albatross Sailing Center, sailing for the St. Francis Yacht Club in San Francisco and participating in the SF to Newport Beach Yacht Races, winning it all in 1969. I really only have two distinct memories of living with my father or of my parents being married and together. The first one I mentioned in my chapter on Aries, the Halloween party, like a vision or a Polaroid snapshot. The other memory is more like a grainy technicolor film clip of my mother carefully applying lotion to the back of an extremely sunburnt father, face down, spread eagled on their bed. I seem to remember also that dad was away a lot, racing and sailing the first years of my life doing his own thing, being independent and unto himself. This was probably his Aries rising more than anything else. He worked and played his way, which for my dad was the only way to do anything. His nicknames amongst friends included Captain Asshole and Stuardo the Bold. Dad also had sun and moon in square. Aspects between the sun and moon can indicate the experience with one's parents. I know my father's parents had a very volatile relationship, which also affected him deeply. The square aspect is friction, and with Moon in Sagittarius, he definitely had a difficult time balancing an instinctual desire for freedom and movement versus the role of committed and practical husband and family man. Actually, the action-oriented and fiery aspects of my dad's personality and behavior admittedly thrilled my mother, at least early in their marriage, as she had had an oppressively restricted childhood and desired more freedom inherently, especially from the social role that she had been groomed to live as conventional wife and mother. I imagine Virgos as having an almost constant mental checklist handy for any task. I'm just a picky Virgo, Mother smiled as she quietly asked, how many scoops of coffee did I happen to put in the coffee filter? Were they in line with the amount of water added? Or have you called your aunt lately, Michelle? She would like to speak with you. Every time I moved, mom also came to manage the move-in process, to carefully hang art on my wall or organize my utility drawer. There can be a fault-finding machine aspect to Virgo's energy as it automatically scans for efficiencies and life's many duties. Mom had a love for devices to assist daily duties too. 
She had keychain screwdriver sets, book-held reading lamps, garlic skin removers. Mom also had a list for every task she completed in her life, from monthly bill pay to weekly bed changing. She even had a list for what sheets and bedding were to be rotated on each of the beds in her home. This had to be adhered to, and it bothered her if she deterred from the schedule. She got ever more ritualized as she aged, too. When I was sorting through her things after she passed away, I found 20 years and more of her journals, neatly organized by year and month in binders with front pieces of her tarot and rune pulls for the year, astrology date books, and daily entries. Mom carefully recorded yearly, monthly, and weekly divinations, and for almost 40 years, messages from her own spiritual guides transmitted via Ouija board sessions. Service, duty, health and wellness, cleanliness, modesty, discrimination, daily tasks and rituals, health food, natural medicine and healing, hygiene, recycling and sorting, writing and editing, critical discernment. These are some of the keywords for Virgo and its sixth house of the zodiac, natural house of Virgo. In medical astrology, Virgo has bodily rulership over the organs of assimilation, such as the intestinal system. And many Virgos have sensitive digestive systems due to Mercury's influence, which can sometimes affect their digestive process. This makes them have to be careful with food and eating healthily. Virgo, like all earth signs, is a living representative of nature, a divine mother nature energy that is always connected with the outdoors and the process of what is called clean living. Virgo's energetic force is also found in the perfection of nature, its clockwork opening and closing of flowers, the bee's dirty duty-oriented service to the pollination process. The Greek goddess Ceres, Roman named Demeter, is also associated with the energy of Virgo. This is where the word cereal comes from. She has long been associated with agriculture and all growing things, having had domain over the earth and its cycles. Our modern image of a mother nature crowned with flowers or a garland of wheat comes direct from this ancient goddess. And of course, she has her counterpoint in mother goddesses from around the world's cultures. I always thought of my own mother this way. She was the epitome of like a natural Virgo mother. Like many of her generation, she was interested in health food and before whole grains and whole wheat became mainstream and popular, they were her favorites. Growing up, our family frequented health food stores, ate huge salads for dinner and lots of exotic fruits and vegetables. We drank herbal teas and enjoyed minimally processed foods. Mom also wore little to no makeup, favored natural fibers in her clothes and home furnishings, and had an incredible green thumb. Like many homes in the 70s, indoor plants, especially ferns, were extremely fashionable. In keeping, Mom had dozens and dozens of houseplants throughout our homes. Spider plants, delicate ferns, and African violets were her specialty, and she kept many healthy and happy. Like the earth goddess she was, mom's magic was practical too. And there was always a grounded intent, a reason for her forays into connection with source. Raising children, she used the I Ching for mundane or worldly advice, such as how to deal with money. 
the rune stones for spiritual development, and the tarot as an emotional or energetic mirror. It's interesting that both the hermit and magician cards of the zodiac are connected to Virgo. My mother was a studious, mostly solitary, practical and intellectual astrologer, learning and practicing both classical and modern transpersonal astrology. As otherworldly as mom's occult studies were, she always grounded them in usefulness. Years of Ouija board sessions were written down. Questions about navigating daily life were asked. Exercises and guided meditations were given. The point being improved consciousness and life skills. Spiritual understanding was brought down to earth, into one's daily life to be used ritually and habitually. Dealing with anxiety, spiritual energy could be used to investigate and improve conditions. This included money, health, love, all the worldly concerns. My mom's spiritual and intellectual work seemed to be to connect and harness invisible energies to pr improve her own life's processes. Here is the perfect example of her Neptune and North Node in Virgo. She used her spiritual work as represented by Neptune and the South Node in Pisces in her overall day-to-day -day life. Though most of my mom's life she enjoyed good health and strong vitality, she did suffer later with mentally assimilating her emotional responses. And perhaps this was an imbalance that led to two different intestinal cancers in later life. It's important within the context of our awareness of the archetype of Virgo and its health that we do not criticize ourselves or others for the myriad imperfections that are always present in human experience. When we have strong Virgo energy in our lives, this orientation may be instinctive. Regardless, my mom's carefully cultivated and grounded channels into developing personal connection with all these avenues of the mystery in life was an incredible example and guide to me. And hopefully now you, on the ability to both draw from and utilize the deep well with spiritual guidance available to us all. So I'm gonna give you some exercises if you would like to sort of look at um, for, for Virgo season. Find Virgo in your chart by house. Um, look at it. Are you discerning or even perhaps critical in this area of life? Or are you interested in service, health, or wellness? Virgo loves a checklist. So list what planets you have in Virgo. And are you expressing any of them in critical ways? Do you feel that you have a checklist when it comes to their energy? Mercury ruled Virgo can also have a sensitive digestive system. Checking in with your mind body connection can help with any issues here. Learn how to meditate. It really helps. So I guess this is it for now. Just wanted to like briefly connect um, with you and just talk because I feel like it. It's um, not Virgo season yet, but it will be very soon. And um, I'm looking forward to it because I also want to mention that this energy does trine, meaning that it is in helpful aspect to the 
the planets in Capricorn. All the signs of the same element are in trine aspect to each other. Um, and the signs of the same mode, that is cardinal, fixed, mutable, are in square aspect to each other. So all the Earth signs are compatible and the Sun and Mercury in Virgo will lend some strength to Capricorn's ability to the positive aspects of Capricorn, which is to be structured, which is to be measured, which is to be deliberate, um, and you know, which is also maybe a little bit ambitious. So you know, Capricorn isn't all bad. Remember, I'm a Capricorn. Uh, God, I'm a freaking double Capricorn, um, with Venus in Capricorn too. And the evolved aspect of Capricorn, the sea goat, is to, to lead with honor and awareness to make the spiritual material. So um, let's focus on visioning and get grounded and earthy with your body. Get out in nature in Virgo season and be safe and love yourself. Love is always the answer. Would love to hear from you, speaking of love, and please send me an email at michelle.prentice at gmail.com or via persephoneprogram.com or on social media. Um, and in September, I will be taking some readings if you need a reading. Uh, and also would love for you to send me any questions that you are interested in me answering on the site, on the web podcast. God, I'm having a hard time talking today, so sorry about that. But um, anyway... Have a wonderful day. Try and enjoy your blessings because we all have some right now. And we're almost there, okay? It's the beginning of the last part, perhaps the hardest part in this marathon of 2020. You can do it. I believe in you. Ciao.